0: So if you, if you, want, if you want, want to join with me in reading the scriptures together, we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17, and as you look at the life of David, you can't help but miss, you can't miss the story that we read of David and Goliath, familiar to so many, but yet there's still some wonderful truths in it, and every time I go through this story, I learn something new, and, uh, and I love doing a bit of character studies in the Bible because although... Uh, I haven't spoken to David, but as we look at his life, we can feel that we begin to know him a bit more and certainly begin to know his heart too. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 together. And we're going to read from verse 4, and I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version this morning. Um, but just setting the scene, David is I'm sorry, the scene, the Israelites and the Philistines were, were at war with one another. And they met at the Valley of Elah, and one side of the mountain was the Philistines, the other side was the Israelites, as they were about ready to come and battle each other. And we come to verse 4 of chapter 17. It says, Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had a bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin slung around his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked in front of him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up in the battle array? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. And again, the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Can we just pray together, shall we? You know, this, as, as, as that prayer, that communication, as John has shared that scripture earlier, that we come to the throne room of God. You know, this morning, we can come before his throne room and invite him to begin to speak into our hearts and our lives. So, Father, this morning, as we come to your word, as we look at the life of David, Father as we look at what your word speaks to us about. Father, we pray that you would invigorate us with your word. You'd stir us by your word. You'd change us by your magnificent word. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and our lives this day. Lord, for those watching at home and those here in this room, Father, and those who may watch later on, we pray that you'd move mightily, Father, by your spirit this day, in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's always great to hear an amen. I tell you, it's lovely. Praise God. So we've looked at David. He's, been a, he's a man after God's own heart. He sought to do the will of God. So let's do the will of God this morning and seek to hear him and listen to his word. Give him ears to listen and hearts ready to respond. But David has a shepherd's heart. He had a heart that just, not just to rule the people, but God has given him a heart. He had a heart to to care for God's people, to look after God's people. And and God gives us a shepherd's heart. He's a God who will change our hearts. And and this morning and over these weeks, I'm praying God would change our hearts, but also our will would respond to what God's desire is in our life. And then we looked at last week at David, how he was a man who worshipped God. He had a heart of worship. He brought a sacrifice of worship. It was a humble worship. It was before God, not before men. He gave all of his worship to God. And he knew the power of worship as well as he began to worship and lift up the name of God. As we exalt God and declare who God was in his life. He saw breakthrough and freedom in his life, but also as it displayed upon others. There's power and worship we saw last week as we begin to face the battles that we face through life as we become a people of worship. We don't just worship and praise God after the battle, but before and during and after. That we're a people of praise and worship with our lives. That doesn't just mean the songs that we sing, but how we live each and every day of our life. That we have a spirit of worship. And I believe the spirit of God within us cries out that we'd worship him And you know, although it's difficult in this place this morning, because we can't necessarily sing words from our mouth, but from our hearts can be, I'm sure our hearts are just bursting with praise to Jesus. This morning, I want to look at David, who's got a heart of faith and courage. God gave him a heart of faith and courage. He was one who served God with courage. So we come to the story that we read already this morning of the the Philistines there on one side of the the, the valley of Elah and then the Israelites on the other side. And they're there, they're chanting their war cries and, and, and just egging each other up and stirring one another up, getting ready to fight. And then the Philistines out from amongst their ranks of their army steps out, this nine foot six giant of a man coated in armor from top of his head to the tip of his feet. He's there with a heavy armor and heavy artillery and weaponry as well all around him. You know, I found it interesting. He didn't just have a spear. He had a, a man with a shield in front of him. He had a heavy sword and he had a javelin. I mean, he was full of weapons. He was a war machine that stepped out in front of the ranks. So he was their secret weapon as the Philistines brought him forth. And imagine the Israelites as they began to see this giant of a man step in the midst of them. Who were they about to fight against, all of a sudden they're thinking, uh-oh. You know, when we look at Goliath and we look at his life, you know, I see that as a picture for, for, for this world today of, God, of, of, of how, how God's people, God's people can be intimidated by those things around us. It's a picture of intimidation, of, of, of how the enemy would try and instill a, a fear and intimidation in the hearts of believers. And we see it all around us today how people's hearts are intimidated by things or, or situations around them. Maybe intimidated by his armor, his possessions, of what he has. We feel undervalued by what we have. By his weaponry, his artillery, by his size and his stature. We could be intimidated by others' position, by their power, by their size. But also by the words that he spoke. It says when they heard these words, they were discouraged, they were dismayed, and they were afraid. How powerful words can be when words are spoken over us or against us or towards us. And we've all heard words spoken that can, that can almost instill fear within us if we're not careful. I see him as a picture of intimidation. And I believe it's, a, it's something that as Christians that we have to be aware of and not find ourselves under as a slave to intimidation or fear throughout our lives. We all know what fear can do. If we get afraid of something, it can almost cause us to be paralyzed, uh, dormant, that we stop doing, that we normally do, doing, frightened of what might happen, so we just kind of back off and shy away. And that's what the Philistines were doing. I mean, the Israelites were doing. They were backing off, they were shying away. When they saw him come up, they were afraid and dismayed and discouraged in their hearts. Discouraged, they were losing courage to fight. Have you ever come across fear? Is there fear in your life? The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That can also be tra- uh, translated as a spirit of intimidation. God has not given us a spirit of fear or intimidation, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. If we allow fear to, to begin to conquer our life or take root in our hearts, in our lives, and the enemy wants to instill fear because he knows the threat that we can be to him, as we know Jesus, if we know his word... If we know the power of the blood of Jesus upon our life and the power of the testimony, as it says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not. There was overcoming power in knowing Jesus. If the enemy can instill fear within the church, then it'll cause us to be dormant and back down and shy away. It says, day and night, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 6, 16, says, the Philistines... Let's read this together. Verse 16. Then the Philistines came, the Philistine came morning and evening for 40 days to take his stand. Morning and evening. So when they woke up in the morning, there was that voice again of intimidation speaking. You're not do this, you're not beat us, you not you're not defeat us. You're not going to win this war. There's no point. You may as well give up and throw in the towel now. That voice every morning and every evening, day and night. For a whole month, he came out and taunted. You know, I believe there are people that live in that place. You know, don't do anything because frightened of what might might happen. Living under the shadow of fear and intimidation. As Christians, that should not be, as David begins to show us as well. He shouts out these words. He says, you send out somebody to fight me, to fight me, and if I win, then, then I, I, you, you'll have to bow down and serve us, we'll, and, and, and we'll be ruler over you. If, you. if I win, but if you win, then we'll bow down and serve you. You know what fear and intimidation begin to do with our lives? If we begin to allow it to take root, we end up becoming a slave to it. We end up beginning to serve it. You know, God does not want us to be servants of fear, but servants of God. You know, in the midst of this, he also said, Goliath said, send out somebody to fight me. He began to defy them. He began to taunt them and and accuse them and and, and begin to humiliate their king in front of all the people. And then he said, send out somebody to fight me. Praise God, God sent out somebody to fight him. And I believe God is looking for people in his church, looking for people today, his children, who will begin to stand up and trust in your God Almighty, the one whom they serve, who would make us stand and not live under the shadow of fear and intimidation in their life. And God would cause you to be a heart, have a heart of courage and faith in your situations, in your life. And fear will come from all different aspects of life. Income in our households, income in our schools. In in our workplace with our neighbors. We can face it even in church life. Fear can be there creeping at the door, wanting to speak of something over your life to begin to cause you to shut down, back away. Closing your eyes, shutting your ears, and running away will never deal with the Goliaths in our life. We need to confront them head on. God had a plan, praise God. He didn't just raise up anybody, but he raised up a man after his own heart with a heart of courage who saw things the way that God saw them. So David not only saw them, but he spoke them as God spoke them as well. And I love this about David. As I begin to see this, it says that Jesse, he begins to send out his son David because David's brothers were fighting in the battle. So he went out, he sent, he said, David, go and here's some food, here's some sandwiches. Take to your brothers and and feed them. Tell me how they're getting on. Bring back report. Are they still alive? How's the battle going on? So David went out into the battlefield. And when he arrived, he gets to the battlefield. And there he is as he gets there. He sees his brother and he sees the Israelite army. And then he catches Goliath stepping out, taunting them again, defying Israel's armies, speaking against them. And then he looks and he thinks, really? And then he looks at Israel's army and I can just imagine him looking at them. And he sees them just kind of backing away, looking at one another, shielding away, thinking, no, I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to come against this. He sees the fear within Israel, within the army of God. David, just the heart of God that he carries, this young man, as he sees this, this giant of a man intimidating God's children. Listen to what happens, verse 26. It says, then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, what will be done for this man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? And notice this, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God. David said, who does this man think he is? He sees, first of all, that he's an uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, he, he's not a child of God. He's not in the armies of God. He's not under the protection of God. He's not under the covering of God. He sees that he has no God on his side. That's the first thing we need to see, is that the enemy does not have God on his side. That God is with us. And the next thing he looks and says sees that the armies of the living God. Who, is, who are we? We belong to God. We are part of his army. He saw the Israelites. He was defying God's people. And I think sometimes that what fear can do, and when we're under that shadow of fear, we can begin to look at our lives and we get so lost in, in what we're fearful of, we lose track of who God is. You think about who God is in your life. David began to see that, although the Israelites saw the shadow of this giant towering over them, David looked and he saw the shadow of the Almighty towering over the children of Israel. And there was much bigger shadow. As it says in Psalm 91, who who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, David saw that he was under a greater shadow. He saw that the Israelites, they had a greater shadow. And that the Goliath shadow was just tinsy winty in comparison. But God, who God is. Who is he to defy the armies of God? Does he realize he's messing with God's children? Now, being a dad, if, if, if anybody spoke against my children, I'd probably have something to say about it. Because I love them. They're my children. Isn't that more, it's the same with God? Would he not stand for his children? And David knew that we belong to God. We are a chosen people. We're a chosen generation. And if we've accepted Christ into our life, we too have been grafted into the household and the family of God that we belong to him. That we belong to Christ Jesus. That he paid the price for us with his precious blood. And now we're his. So now we can say, I belong to God. So we can stand with, the, with, the, with God and we can see that we're part of God's army. We can see that God is for us. And if God be for us, then who can stand against us? David had this revelation in his heart and said, who is thee to think he can stand against God? So we need to see that who God is on our side, that God is for us. If we know we are walking with God, we know God walks with us. We have that confidence, as, as John mentioned this morning, that we'd have confidence in God. We can have confidence in God that he will not fail us, that we need not fear anything around us. Right now, I wonder what the giants are in your life that are surrounding us. I think some people see this COVID-19 as a a shadow around us. Don't become a subject to fear or a slave to COVID-19. David comes And he speaks speaks this word to his his brothers and the men around him. And then his brother begins to slam him down and and knock him and say, David, why are you saying these words? Who do you think you are to speak these words? His own brother and his family begin to slam him down. But David, with the heart of courage and faith that he has, he rises up again. I tell you, in our lives, sometimes people that are close to us, people that are under that place of doubt and intimidation and fear will begin to slam you down, slam your faith down. But you've got to rise up in the power of God because your relationship with God is greater and your faith in God is greater than your faith in men. You know, Come back to that verse of scripture that says, Let God be true and every man a liar. Live on the basis of God's word, not a man's word. If we're constantly listening to the words of men and people around us, then we become subject to the voices of men around us. We must be subject ultimately to the word of God. Not that we dismiss everything that everybody says. We need to always listen because God might be speaking through them. But ultimately, it's God's word. And then David responded to them, verse 29. He said, what have I done? Was it not a just question? And the New King James puts it, was it not a just cause? In other words, he's saying, have I not got a cause for concern? You know, we have a cause for concern this day. We have a cause for concern as many people are still bound in sin. Many people are still on the road to hell. Many people have a cause for concern for the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the gospel would get forth into people's hearts because people are lost without him. There's a cause for concern as people are battering under, under the weight of the shadow of the coronavirus around us today. We have a cause for concern as the church, and we can begin to do something about it in prayer. For we know our battle isn't with flesh and blood. We may not have a doctor's degree, we may not have the answer in terms of uh, the, the medical solution to deal with the virus, but we have a God who has dealt with things like this in the past and can deal with it again. And he calls his people to pray and to stand and to declare God's word. And David said, have I not a cause? Can I ask you this morning, what is the cause that you are standing for, for Jesus Christ? We all have a cause and the cause can stir us so much that it causes missionaries to go out and set up orphanages, people to make a difference in hospitals, in schools, in churches. What well, is the cause that God has stirred within your heart? David said, "It's all the cause," and he pointed the cause out to the others. And it says that Saul heard of this and he called David to himself. And I love this. David just keeps speaking God's word, keeps speaking with courage. Everyone else is looking at it from a natural perspective, but God, uh, David keeps bringing God into this. You know, as a, as a people, as some people walk with God, we've got to keep bringing God into the situation. Stop trying to deal with things in a natural perspective because you'll just get a natural response. You deal with things in the spiritual, you'll get a heavenly response, and that's where the breakthrough comes. So Saul comes and he calls David to himself. Verse, 33, uh, sorry, verse um, 32. After he called David to himself, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. It reminds me of the words of Jesus. Jesus who said when you know in the last days, he said, Men's hearts will fail because of fear. Men's hearts will fail because of fear. Is your heart failing in situations around you? Are you backing down? Are you losing courage? Are you feeling discouraged? because of fear. Men's hearts fail because of fear. And I think of, again, just bringing this COVID-19 situation, this moment that we're facing. You know, can I say to you in the midst of what's going on, let's be sensible. Let's do the right thing. Let's follow the guidelines, but let us not fear COVID-19. Let's not fear it. Let's not fear what it could do to us, but let's follow the guidelines. Let's be sensible because our lives are in God's hands. I believe my life is in God's hands. It's not COVID-19 that's going to take my life. It will be God when he said so at his time. As long as I'm not silly and stupid and I do the right thing and walk right before God, and I believe and my trust is in God. I have to live that way every day. Otherwise, I'll be fearful of everything around me. You'll be fearful when you get in a car. You'll be fearful of when you go out to the shops. You'll be fearful when you get on a plane. You'll be fearful where you go. You'll be fearful living in a constant place of fear. But if you can place your life in God's heart hands... Men's hearts fail because of fear. We fail. I wonder how many Christians and how many believers have purposes and dreams and visions, things they would love to accomplish for God. And yet because of fear, they hold back, they hide away and never accomplish these things because they rest under the shadow of fear and intimidation over their life. David said, I'm not going to allow these men's hearts to fear, fail to fear because of him. Because of that intimidation. You know, we've got to have that within us. I'm not going to see the church begin to live in a place of fear and begin to fail because in their hearts and feel downtrodden and and, and living in a place of isolation and never accomplishing all that God has in store for us because of fear. And David said, I'm not going to allow this to keep happening. Why should men's hearts fail because of him? And I love what he goes on to say, because often in these situations, we can see and recognize as a cause for concern. There's a situation. And we can go to somebody and say, you know, pastor, you need to deal with this. You need to send somebody out. Maybe, pastor, you need to go yourself and go and deal with this situation. And we think of a solution to get somebody else to do the situation. And rightly so, he could have said, Saul, you need to be out there. As the king, it was the king's responsibility to fight for the people. But Saul, it says that he... Spirit of God had left him, so therefore, with the Spirit of God leaving him, he lost courage And in God and trust. Is God with me? Is God not with me? David knew that God was with him. Have you got that assurance today? God is with you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is with you? I tell you, I believe God is with me. We've got to declare it and speak it out with our mouths. God, you are with me. Do you know the God who is with you is not just a man? We're not talking about some human being. We're not just talking about some demigod. We're talking about God Almighty, the only God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, the one who conquered sin and death, the one who has dealt with things in the past and will deal with things in the future, the God who knows all things. God is with us. God is with us. And he turned to Saul and he said, your servant will go. In other words, Saul, I see a situation, I'll go, I'll go. And that's what the response that maybe we need to have before God, will you go? Will you say, God, here's my body, here's my life, I don't have much to offer, I don't have much experience, I don't have much in my possession, I don't have much to do, but God, I'm here, I'm available for you. And God takes that kind of heart. Sometimes we feel we've got to get somewhere before God will use us. We've got to get somewhere before we feel we're any use to God. And God's just looking for that heart like David's that says, yes, here I am, God, send me. Send me, your servant will go. If you know the story, you know what happens next. He begins to throw out doubt to David and says, you can't go, David. You can't go, you're just a youth. And this man has been, this Goliath, he's been training since he was a youth. And then David said, verse 37, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. David said, Look, you know, brings God into it again. He said, God's delivered me before. He delivered me from the lion. He delivered me from the bear, and he will do it again. And I believe that's a word for us today. God has delivered you before. You need to have confidence. He will deliver us again. God has delivered this earth from viruses before, and he can do it again. He delivered us from battles and and, and troubles and and sicknesses, all kinds of things before, and he will deliver us again. We need to have confidence in our God, the creator, our savior, our Lord. He is for us. David said, he's done it before for me. He'll do it again. Maybe we need to speak that out. God, you've done this for me before. You've done this for me before. You've done this for my family before. you brought me through this before. And you will do it again. Praise God. God, go with you. Then he gave him his armor. And he put his armor on him. You know, and David began to put on this armor. And then it says that David tried to put the sword in the shield and he tried to move around, but he felt so restricted and he couldn't move where he was wanting to go. And he's moving his leg and he thought, how am I supposed to fight in this? You know, it's true, isn't it? We shouldn't be trying to do things in somebody else's strategy, in somebody else's strength, in somebody else's anointing, in somebody else's ways. And sometimes we think our way isn't good enough, so we try and apply somebody else's to our situation. We need to be confident in who you are and who God's made you to be. You are enough with God. You're enough with God. Notice that he was restricted in what he was doing. And I think this is another word for us, that sometimes we can uh, allow things to restrict us in our movement in the things of God. We take things on that we shouldn't be taking on because it's just going to restrict what God wants to do with your life and the plan and the purpose he has for you. We take another responsibility. We take another job. We take another role on. We do something else. and, And really, God never gave you that. And it's just restricting your movement for the things of God. And I think this time that we're in, with 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 everything that's going on, it's an opportunity for us to strip back everything else and begin to look at our life and say, God, what is it that you've called me to? I'm not going to start taking other things that are going to restrict my calling and my purpose that you have for me in my life. And we need to look at those things. It says that David took off the armor, and he went back to what he knew, what he trusted, what God had prepared in his life. I think sometimes we need to take off the armor and trust in the armor of God. You have the armor. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus. That is a confidence, isn't it, that we have. You know, so if there's somebody and you feel that's words for you, then please take it, receive it, and respond to it in your life. Trust in that what God, you and God, is enough and what he's given you. He says, he took off the armor, verse 40, he, st- he took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones of the brook and put them in the sharp shepherd's bag which he had, even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. He took five stones, smooth stones, a sling, and a satchel. Now, if there is any representation, any lessons that we can learn from this, anything we can apply, I believe that then that's the ammunition that we need in life. Those stones could represent anything. I believe it represents the word of God. And I would say to us, let the satchel be your heart. Let the let the let your mouth be the slingshot for Jesus. Let them be for Jesus and begin to declare his word and his promises. And when David went out to battle, notice he just keeps declaring God. He keeps declaring who God is. He doesn't declare that's his battle. He declares it's God's battle. He speaks God's word into the situation. He begins to fire out the ammunition of truth. Just as Jesus did in the, in, in, in the time of temptation, he kept speaking God's word again and again and again. Don't let your satchel, your heart, or your mouthpiece become something for the enemy. Don't allow it to be filled with, 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 with rage, with anger, with bitterness. Don't allow it to be filled with lust and, and all this kind of rubbish of worldly desires. But allow it to be filled with the goodness and the peace and the love and the desires of God. And let your mouthpiece be one of blessing. Let it be one that speaks God's word into situations. Speaks life over your own life as well. Your heart. And your mouthpiece. He spent his life training in the shepherd field. You know, your life is being prepared by God. Everything that you ever go through, nothing is wasted in God. God will use things in your life. Let it be a preparation field for you. And finally, we come to the, the battle scene. It says them, verse 42. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. Then Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And, and, with the, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds and of the sky and of the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you down, I will remove your head from you, and I will give your dead body to the army of the Philistines. This day for the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I love it. All these Israelites have been trembling with fear. These mighty soldiers, these tall, some of them are pretty tall themselves. And they're trembling with fear. And this young boy comes out with a courage and a faith in a mighty God who he believes is with him. And no matter what intimidation comes his way, no matter what words come his way, he begins just to fire back the word of God and keep speaking who his God is in the situation. You know, it says in Psalm 27, David says, you know, a whole army may come against me, but my heart will not fear no, and I speak that over my situations a lot. You know, when I have to face things or situations and circumstances, when the temptation is to brush it under the carpet, walk away, I have to say, God, my heart shall not fear because you are with me. There are days when you do not want to face that work colleague or your boss or that situation or you look at the bills in your household or situations and circumstances that are arisen around you, you do not want to face it. You need to say, my heart will not fear because, God, you are with me. You are with me. And David came and he ran towards it. When everyone else was running away, he ran towards that which was fear, fear, causing fear in his life. And I want to tell you, say to you again, don't close your eyes, don't close your ears to things of the fear, that fear and intimidate us in life. Sometimes we've got to get on our knees and begin to seek God's face and deal with it in the spiritual realm. And sometimes it means that God will cause us to go in the, his battle and fight with him in the battle and do things and conquer those fears. Rather than just leaving it and trying to think it's going to go away. It will just be there every morning and every night until the head comes off. He, he ran towards him and he declared those words. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not my battle. You know, in this life, sometimes we live as though it's our battle. You know, we're living. We're living for Jesus. We're fighting for Jesus. We will be fighting battles. It doesn't mean we do nothing, but we will be fighting for him. We will be speaking for him. We will be sharing the gospel for him. We will be his vessels, his arms. But ultimately, he's the commander of the army and he's the director of the army. And he will bring the victory through his troops, through you and through me. The battle belongs to the Lord. What battles are you facing? Are there things that cause fear in your life? As David chased. Chased him down, it got to him, he slung slung the swing, it got him right into the, into the middle of the head and caught him in the right place. With all the armor on, he didn't miss. Hallelujah. <laughs> Goliath went tumbling, crashing right down. And that, you can just see that fear, that intimidation, all those words, all those lies that have been spoken again and again come crashing down. As the Israelites watched this, they watched this giant come crashing down, we need to see things come crashing down that have hindered us and held us back for so long. Come crashing down. And then he went up to him, he took off his head with Goliath's sword, and then we see the Israelites, they come running and chasing after him. Something in them all of a sudden began to stir, a courage, a fear. Hang on a minute, they woke up. God is with us too. You know, when you step out in courage, when you live with a courageous, faith heart, faith-filled heart for God, it will rub off on other people as well. The king, Saul, he was living in a place of doubt and fear that was rubbing off on the rest of the army. God was looking for a man after his own heart with courage and faith. As we come to communion right now, let's, let's remember this, that David was like Jesus. Jesus was sent by his Father from heaven above to, a, to, this, la- to this world. He came to a people who rejected him, who disowned him, He didn't want anything to do with him. And yet he spoke God's word faithfully to this world. Not only did he speak God's word, but he died for this world. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered our sin. And he brought freedom and liberty to each and every single one of us. And in turn, that liberty that he's brought to us, he encourages us to bring to other people in his name, in the name of Jesus. As David said, I come in the name of the Lord God of hosts. We come in the name of Jesus Christ, where there is no other name higher or or, or greater than Jesus. We come with the name of Jesus in our life, our conquering king. Thank you, Father. Maybe you brought your...